Collins driving, almost lost the handle. Chalmers for the tie. Got it! In ten seconds. Unbelievable. And he used to tell me, those places are great, but there's no place like Kansas. All right, folks, what's good? We are live. Don't know how many people we'll have trickling in today. It is uh, 2.30 p.m. on a work day for most people. Mm-hmm. Um, but. We we were just juiced about last night. Just an incredible night for multiple reasons, not just because they won the f- <clears throat> because they won the football game. Um, also got the massive news that Devin Neal will be returning to Kansas. So I want to talk about that. I want to talk about that in a little bit because we got to start with the win over UNLV. One of the funnier, and that's right where I was going to start. One of the weirder football games you'll ever watch. It took what felt like nine hours. Flags, 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 flags everywhere. Never stopped. Microphones not working. No replays. You have no idea. You're playing a Vegas team. It felt like the fix was in. There were jokes about the Russian mob being involved. Chaotic football game. But at the end of the day, Jason Bean solidified an all-time just... I don't even know what you call his season. Comeback season after what was a, you know, he ended last year in that bowl game gutted because he overthrew the guy uh, in overtime against Arkansas. Wasn't going to come back, comes back, and we'll talk about it, but an incredible season for him. Incredible season for our entire team. We win nine games, which is just insane to say out loud. So let's just start with that. B turn. How you feeling after the bowl game win? What would you think of the game? Um, and uh, why are the Hawks going to win the national? <clears throat> yeah, I obviously feel great. There's there's a lot I want to talk about just with the game as a whole. Obviously the the officials and the broadcasting crew and all that. But obviously want to focus on Kansas right now. You talked about Jason Bean and he was going to leave. He was gone. He was moving on from football and the players and the staff. They obviously love him and they kind of begged him to come back and it ended up working. And if he didn't come back, I don't know how this season would have went. Obviously Cole Ballard looks solid, but you would have had a preferred walk-on freshman starting at QB. Jason Bean um, helped KU go bowling back-to-back years and <clears throat> set a big 12 record with six passing touchdowns last night um, in that bowl game. So he was incredible. He He's a maniac. It's <laughs> like the Jason Bean experience is so funny. He tried to fit in a couple throws. I was thinking this morning, if he doesn't throw that pick in the end zone, he could have could have had seven touchdowns last night. Um, but he was he was phenomenal. 449 yards, six touchdowns. Our receivers were mossing dudes. Like it was it was really fun to watch. Not much flow or rhythm in the game because of the officials and stuff. And I thought it was hilarious that Lance actually said that at halftime. I thought it was like a I thought it was a joke on Twitter. Like I thought people were just making a joke because the officials were so bad, but he actually said that to BMAC that we need to find a new ref crew quickly, but what a wild game. And yeah, if like you said, it felt like it took nine hours. Yeah. Uh, AB, we were kind of saying, and we've said it the last few weeks, 
You see the announcement that we're playing UNLV, a team we're playing next year in a bowl game that and day after Christmas, it was tough to travel to. The excitement wasn't near as high, it felt like, as it was when we were going to Memphis last year. And it's an Arkansas team. And it, it obviously, it's the first bowl game in a long time. Um, but, man, I, I think in the grand scheme, that ended up being a pretty exciting bowl game. A lot of, like... You know, it felt like not just Kansas fans, the national, you know, landscape was watching this game and very intrigued by this game. Uh, what was your overall takeaway or I guess what do you think of this bowl game? Was it did it live up to did it exceed expectations? Were you happy with it? Um, yeah. Give me your thoughts. Yeah, uh, like you said, I think we were all disappointed at first. Um, but now, uh, after the game, I'm so excited for week two next year. I'll tell you that much. That KU-UNLV game in Lawrence or Arrowhead or wherever the hell it's going to be um, is going to have a lot of juice because apparently that's the biggest rivalry in college football now. I, I don't really understand what that was. Maybe Barry Odom really fed into the KU versus Mizzou hate and kind yeah. of pumped his locker room up with that. But um, yeah. I think that kind of made it more exciting for me. Like, I don't know. At that point, I'd watched so much football over the last three days that I was just like, all right, cool. I'll lay back and watch KU and they should win. It should be comfortable. And then all that happened and it started getting fired up. So um, yeah. it was a lot of fun. The only thing I really have from the game stat wise that I can't really believe still is there was really never a second in that game that it didn't feel like KU had control, maybe like after UNLV's first drive. But after that, KU went up pretty quick. Yeah. They had 210 penalty yards and being through three interceptions in like a 10 minute span and the game was just never in doubt. They still scored 49 points, almost put up 50 on them. Yeah. That's why a lot of UNLV's, a lot of UNLV's drives in the second half were from starting in our territory, like short yardage situations. So it's not like our defense was bad. I was, I was a little nervous, I guess, after the first drive, just because they ran it down our throats and didn't pass it at all. And it felt like they were just trying to implement the running game for, the entire first half and maybe set up the pass. But yeah, like you said, even when it was 28, 24, I still felt good. I know Bean made a couple mistakes, but you knew our offense was going to string together drives. And I can't believe like, it was like catch after catch, like highlight catch after catch from our receiver. Skinner made a crazy catch, which the first one, I, I really don't know how they didn't review that. That just shows you how bad that crew was. Like yeah. he, he didn't catch that. But the one by the end zone and then Arnold caught one in the back right end zone where he mossed someone like he someone I was talking to KJ earlier. He was the last Jason Bean's last four passes in his KU career are like that strike to um, Casey on the sideline, the bomb to Arnold, the bomb to Grimm. Like he has three of them were like 40 plus yard throws. So he ended his Kansas career like as well as you could possibly he is i i tweeted this after the game and i didn't want it to get i don't know it doesn't sound right when you say it but i said like jason bean's gonna go down as the most underappreciated jayhawk of all time and that is not me i didn't mean that as in like right now we don't appreciate him because i think everyone fully appreciates jason bean but the weird part about jason bean's career is that every time he was getting the opportunity to truly be the guy it was more of a moment of like, well, when's Jalen coming back? Oh, Jason Bean's a pretty good backup. He was always thought of as like the really good backup. Whereas if you just, if you start Jason Bean game one this season and let him play the full year out, 
I think in the moments of him doing that, where we're not hoping for Jalen to come back and not wondering what's happening at quarterback, I think he would have been just as loved as a guy like Jalen was when he was the man last year, leading us to the five and zero start or whatever. Yeah. So I don't know how to explain it. Jason Bean at this point is very appreciated, but it's like one of those things where it took until the very, very end where it was too late to fully appreciate his greatness. But I mean, Jason Bean is, it'll be interesting to see what he's like looked back upon, what his legacy will be looked at as at Kansas, because the face of this rebuild, a lot of times has been Jalen Daniels. He's the one screaming new era. He's the one that did it last year at the beginning of the year. But like, I wonder if 15, 20 years down the road when we talk about Oh, Lance came in and we completely rebuilt this program, the beginning of it. Like, is it going to be, are we going to be talking about Jason Bean? And then hopefully the next chapter is Jalen Daniels then leading us to a Big 12 title or a college football playoff. Like, hopefully that's the next chapter. But will we remember this first couple years of the Lance era as a Jason Bean-led Kansas team? Or will it still be... I don't know. It's it's interesting to think about because they both won a lot of big games these last two years. Yeah, when when you were first asking that question, that's exactly what I was thinking is like kind of in the moment. Obviously, you appreciate Jason Bean and you love him, but I think it's something like down the road where we'll appreciate him even more, especially with the trajectory Lance has this program. Go, like if he builds this into a, a program that's competing for big 12 titles every year and maybe making the playoff now that it's expanding to 12 teams – which is wild that we're already talking about that. But mm. Jason Bean will, I feel down the road, like it's kind of, I was talking last night with people, like we always appreciate the KU basketball players that played, what, 20 years ago. Like we grew yeah. up with Keith Langford and all those guys. So mm. you always talk about them compared to the newer guys. But yeah, I think Jason Bean, like years down the road, will be like, wow, like he was, he was the start of everything. Like he was here Lance's first year. Um, and gave them a little taste of winning. I know we were winning with JD, but Bean's the guy that got us to both bowl games and obviously won us our first bowl game in 15 years. Is he yeah. a is he a Ring of Honor guy? That was people were talking like, about it's that. Just such, I hadn't really thought about it a whole lot, but it's such just a strange story to try and tell. He's second in KU history in touchdown passes, but at the same time, we're questioning if he's the face of this rebuild, and it's one of the best rebuilds in college football over the last two, three decades. So, like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell. What about this? Is, is Carter Stanley a Ring of Honor guy? It's a good point, but he is, and Jason Bean has to be. And I, right. I mean, Car I love Carter. I would. I'm totally down for Carter to be in the Ring of Honor. I think because that dude went through. I mean. His career was chaos from a coaching standpoint and just everything that was going on. But I think if Carter Stanley's a potential Ring of Honor guy, then like Jason Bean's 100% a Ring of Honor guy. And it just goes back to like if Jason Bean wasn't a backup at any point, if he just, if Jalen Daniels doesn't exist the last two seasons, Jason Bean's 100% a Ring of Honor guy. It's just oh, yeah. the numbers he put up these last two years. It's so weird, and that's what's so weird about KU football. The fact that it's – I mean, it's hilarious. It's Todd Reesing with, I think, 70 touchdown 90. passes. Is it 90? Yeah. 90, and then it's being at, like, 39 or 38, and then mm -hmm. Carter at 38 or 37. So it's just, like, it's funny how these next 
five, ten years, so many guys are going to break records. I mean, Neil's going to break oh, records yeah. next year. We'll talk more about that. We're going to see receivers break tons of records. Like, these dudes that are returning are going to break records, I would bet, because of just how much more we're going to pass the ball than teams did in the past. But I don't know. Jason Bean, I don't know. I don't want to over just talk about him being underappreciated because, again, that's not what I want it to sound like. It's just a unique uh, so career. Cool. It's it's very odd. It's a guy that was never truly 100% the all-in starter, yet when you look back on this season, it's hard not to give him the full credit. Like, he, it was him that got us to these nine wins pretty much. So Yeah, I mean, J.D. JD missed <laughs> – that's funny. J.D. missed 10 games. So, yeah, I mean, Bean, Bean came back knowing he wasn't going to be a starter. That's kind of the crazy thing, like – he wanted to be done with football and he wanted to move on, mm-hmm. but it's not, they weren't talking like he, he knew he wasn't going to be the starter. So they had to, they talked him into coming back and being the backup quarterback, like knowing he was going to be behind JD. And that's how good of a teammate he is. And he stepped up um, to the challenge every single time. Like, yeah. And I know last, even last night, I know we've talked about Jason Bean and how he can look like the greatest quarterback in the world, like at Stillwater, he was the best QB you've ever watched in the first half. And then we kind of crumbled last night, balled out in the first half, came out through a couple picks. They get it to four points, kind of start getting a little nervous. And then he just balls out at the end of the game. Even, even late there, the pass to Casey, I know the game wasn't really close, but it was like third and eight. Um, and he moves the chains on a crazy throw to the sideline. So he's yeah. super clutch. Wow. And yeah, got, he's definitely talk about the fourth and one play. Oh my God. Dude, I mean, I almost hilarious. lost my shit. Our entire living room, which, by the way, so me, Chris, Alan, we all had Jason Bean over 24 and a half yard rushing yards. He's at 21. So he's rolling out. And we're like, run, run. And he, he just launches that ball. And we're all like, no. And it's like just the stone. And I know, obviously, the play worked perfectly. It's an incredible play call. Mm-hmm. But that was just like the Jason Bean experience, too. Like, you're yelling at him to do one thing, and then he does the other. But – these last few weeks, him doing what he wanted to do was usually the right call. Just an electric football player. Because how many times have we done that with him in his career where he can just easily take off? He's one of the fastest dudes on the field, if not the fastest, where he can just mm-hmm. take off, get 10, 20, 20 rushing yards, and he launches one into double coverage or something. Like when he threw that, especially in the moment where he had just tried to fit in two passes on the sideline on plays that were just dead and through picks. Like when he threw that, I was convinced like the dude was covered or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, Lawrence Arnold wide open yeah. touchdown and fourth and one. I was nervous. It was like end of the third quarter, I think. That actually, so, I mean, when we said we weren't worried about losing, I really wasn't. But I will say if they stop us there, I yeah, think the thought of losing there. creeps in there. I think I even said something dramatic in the watching the game. Like, <laughs> we don't get this, we lose. Like, so huge um but that brings up the next point obviously jason bean legend we can we can come back to that if we need to but nothing but love for that guy will forever be loved in lawrence kansas but we got to talk about the wide receiver group and really the Mm -hmm. offense as a whole because i'm not sure you guys remember our old offensive coordinator left three weeks ago gone gone see ya took a bag from penn state we melted down for a week or so did anyone notice last night? I didn't. 
it <laughs> didn't feel like we were missing Andy Kotelnicki one bit. No, and it's yeah. it's early, but I don't want to make too many assumptions. But they put up fifty points, like fifty. I wouldn't expect in fifty. Like the total was hardly. What was the total for the game, Braden? Um, sixty-six and a half, sixty-five yeah. and a half. So, so yeah, like, we almost US. got there. I think our I think our team total, well, at least a couple of days ago, it was forty-one and a half. I know the spread moved a <clears throat> moved a good amount before the game. I don't know what the team total did, but yeah, Jason Bean four hundred and seventy total yards. Grim four for one sixty and three. We had two receivers that had three touchdown catches. Yeah. Like that's. That's absurd to me. Graham four for one sixty and three. Arnold six for one thirty two and three. And he had some crazy touchdown catches. I know. First off, that catch he had around midfield where they called it a catch and reviewed it. How was that incomplete? You guys remember what I'm talking about? Oh, being rolled yeah. out right through yeah. it to Arnold. He caught it. Looked like he had. Right, it was like right after the Skinner one. Like I think it was the drive earlier, but right in front of the UNLV bench. Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, like he kind of looked like he scooped it, it, but. They, they called, called it a catch. It, yeah, and then they went and reviewed it, overturned it. But then, yeah, he had that catch on the sideline where he broke a couple tackles and just <clears throat> goes down the sideline, cuts it in, touchdown. Like our, it was like having the sliders up in a video game. Like you yeah. couldn't tackle our receivers. They went up and high pointed every every catch. It was in, like, and we didn't implement a running game really. I mean, Dev had the he broke one off earlier that got brought back on a hold, which I thought was awful awful call but mm -hmm. we didn't really do much on the ground and that's really what we usually do i mean devin neal's usually good for at least 100 plus a game high shaw which god he fumbled again and that <laughs> moment i mean that ball it slips out of his hands like it's covered in butter like i've never seen a guy just blatantly fumble the football it just flies out like like a cartoon or something and it sucks because he's He's incredible to watch, but the longer he avoids going down, the more convinced you are he's going to fumble. So I wonder what the score was at that point. It was definitely, it was in the second half. It was definitely, it had to have been four or 11 or whatever it was, but I was convinced when he fumbled, they would recover it. Lucky one of our O linemen got on it, but was it right before the pick on the sideline? Like that same drive, maybe? It might have been. I don't know. But one of the picks from obviously Bean was amazing, but there was like a third and 16 where he was like an inch from stepping out of bounds and just <laughs> whips it big. Like he's so, it, it's literally the Jason Bean experience. It's so Dude. fun to watch. And after Bean threw those two picks, I think it was the next drive. There's another play where he rolls out on like third down and tries a cross the body throw across the field. And again, I'm like, no, because you see those balls get picked off all the time. Fairchild? He, yeah, and he finds Fairchild, and it was just like, again, a clutch play. And that's what made Jason Bean what he is, is just fearless. But That's why yeah. in that fourth and one, I was convinced, like, he's trying to fit this into, like, if you go back and pause it when he's just <clears throat> about to let it go, like, I was so nervous. Because he just has a wide open – I never saw the angle. Like, how far could he have ran there? I bet he gets 30 yards. Oh, no, it wasn't that much. Really? I, I haven't seen an angle, but it looked like he, he definitely would have gotten the first down, but I thought it would have been like five maybe. There were definitely I just feel like there. when he gets open out in that open space that he just yeah. hit the gear. He wasn't going to score. but No, but I mean, I guess if I didn't see like the sideline, so if he just beats the guy around the edge, he's obviously yeah. capable of doing that, but. He definitely at least would have gotten the first down, which was really my only concern when I saw him throw <laughs> yeah. the ball 50 yards in the air. I mean, he what couldn't have been a... more wide open, so obviously 
throw it. But yeah. at the same time, we did not know that when he threw the ball and we were expecting more. Especially with Bean, because I feel like we talk sometimes when he needs to put a little touch on the ball, oh. he f- zooms it. or when he, So he easily could have overthrown him. But God, that was, I mean, he threw, there's not much you can complain about. Yeah, he threw three picks, but literally Big 12 bowl game record. Think about all the stud quarterbacks that have came through the Big 12, all the Heisman winners, like RG3, Colt, I can't even think of all the names, Colin Klein, Colt Baker. McCoy, Baker, Kyler. I mean, think about Jalen Hurts, the Texas Tech offenses that would just let it fly. How did those guys not throw? I gotta, I gotta seven? see. I saw something about a Mahomes comp for being last night. If you guys want to filibuster for like nine seconds, I'll have it up. I was just, I was gonna say, what do we think is next for Jason Bean? Like, I'm not saying he'll play, and but could he play pro football somewhere, dude? Like, could I, this this guy go from? Could this guy go from literally wanting to be done with football, quitting football, just being done, moving on with his life, to coming back, throwing for over 2,000 yards, 22 touchdowns, and now maybe going and making some money playing football somewhere? I think for sure, like Canadian Football League, even in – we've said this before, like I think he's earned the role of saying he can go play quarterback at the pro level, but you just don't find guys with his speed. Like he's going to have – I don't know. He's for sure going to be able to get a paycheck playing football for the next 10 years, I would think, if he wants. But mm-hmm. I hope he can somehow just – I don't know. I don't know. I doubt he has any shot of making an NFL roster. But He might get an invite to camp or something. I mean, like it's, I, the team, a team like the Ravens that just have an offense meant for a running quarter, quarterback that is able to run fast, like get out on his feet. But the thing they might sign wild. him, like have him come to training camp, and then I don't know if he makes a team. Probably not. The thing that's wild is he like he wasn't good this year because of his legs. It was because of no. how good he yeah. wasn't throwing. Like that's where it's like, wait, why does this guy not have more of a shot? I think it, you know, a lot of it's decision making and probably reading a defense and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But I don't know. His arm definitely was something that I think we all slept on for a long, long time. So. How how much money would you pay, or what are the things you would do for JD to play a full season next year? Anything and everything. <laughs> Honestly, like it's that's the only thing that's holding me back from being all in on the college football playoff thing. Like, and also, by the way, there's jokes on Twitter, and people like I understand it's crazy to say KU it's not. college football playoff. The winner of the Big 12 is going, and if you don't think KU's a top, like, five favorite next year, I'm sorry. You're just – It's don't, like people are going to think KU's good. So, like, I'm yeah. just saying I know it sounds ridiculous when you look at the college football playoff now and the four teams that are in it and thinking about KU competing against any of them. Sure, it sounds ridiculous. It's not an insane thing to say if you really think this team can win the conference next year because that's a lot to get in. And if you think this team can't win the conference next year, you're blind. crazy. Yeah. Like, and let's I'm not going to say they it. will, but they can. Like, to say they can't is just not being realistic. I don't know how more, myself included, I don't know how much more people need to continue to doubt how quickly Lance can do this. Like, I never doubted Lance, but I doubted the speed in which he could take us from six wins to nine wins. You know, it felt like we may go from four to six to seven to nine. Like, he's done it from two to six to nine and so to think that lance can't go win 11 10 12 next year is crazy um but that's what we have to talk about because as exciting as the win was 
and just the overall performance from that offense. Maybe more excitement was when I read that tweet right before kickoff that Devin <laughs> Neal is returning. And not only that, but it's like it's Pete Thamel, so it's big, big name in college football. And he's talking about how Neal completes what will be a really, you know, I can't remember the words he unique offense that's returning eight offensive starters and then you turn around and you watch those three wide receivers go i mean grim goes 160 yards three touchdowns arnold goes 132 yards three touchdowns quentin skinner too great had incredible moments too they're all back and devin neal's back and jalen daniels as you just said is back it's like <laughs> it's like if it's like when Mario Chalmers, Brandon Rush, Darrell Arthur, it's like when those guys came back. Like it just the excitement for what you have in front of you. And we don't even know what to expect. But what did that team do? Yeah. Nothing. They were down. I, I just remember them being down nine with like two minutes to go against Memphis. And then I turned off the yeah. television. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They that wasn't the championship it. game, was it? They snuck by a Davidson team, I heard. Um <laughs> Anyone good on that Davidson team? They beat all the famers or top ten NBA players of all time. No. What but was like, the guy's name who took the final shot? Oh my God, Jason Richards. Richards. Oh, Gus Johnson wanted that so bad. Fire. I would do anything for him to come back to CBS. <laughs> but he stopped. That's still his best call. <laughs> call Gonzaga. But no, but the K State one too. Uh, K State versus Xavier. Xavier, yeah. Oh my God, Crawford. <laughs> Crawford's got to hurry. Ah. Um, no, He's got it. It's, it's crazy because they won. They obviously won eight regular season games. They end up winning nine. But us three and a lot of KU fans, we sit there and we we still talk about what could have been. So yeah. it's like we competed with all the teams in the league. Like obviously Texas blew us out. We talk about that game. Like that was actually a game late third where we had to change the entire game plan that morning, preparing for JD to start. You obviously beat OU, Stillwater's a coin flip. Um, Texas Tech gave up 16 points, should have won that game. We had the ball inside the five with the chance to score. We threw a halfback pass, which was really mm-hmm. cool. K-State still can't fucking don't, get it don't, over don't, that don't, game. Don't, don't, don't. But, but I'm, I'm just saying, eight wins. No, you're right. yeah. And it easily could have been, I mean, I don't want to say 10, but – Nine, I think we like if we stay healthy, no bad injury luck. Even if Bean just finishes the tech game or starts against K State, we win one of those games. We probably should have won one regardless. But we're sitting here thinking, what if? And all these guys just won all these games, just competed every week, and now they're all coming back next year. Like you lose, you lose Dom Pooney, you lose Austin Booker, um, and who else? I mean, Kenny, Kenny, obviously, but Kenny, you're gonna. We're waiting to find out about Kobe. News seems has, fairly good that he's coming back, but is I don't he know. at 3,500 subscribers yet? He's up to 4,500. For the love of God, people, go subscribe to Kobe Bryant's YouTube channel so he will tell if it, if he's coming back to school. While you're at it, make sure you're subscribed. Uh, here we're losing Fairchild as yeah. well, Hatcher, but it. It's the main the name. I mean, obviously, Kenny Logan's as big of a name as there is, but like, it's the fact that we're returning the guys, those three wide receivers that went scorched earth last night. You're returning <laughs> Devin Neal, who like 
there were draft analysts last night being like, this really hurts the depth of the running back position in this draft. Like this was the top five, six running back. Like, and he's coming back <laughs> to Kansas. Like, and then you have Jalen Daniels, who I know the injuries are going to be a question mark, but we know what Jalen Daniels is when he's healthy. And it's just like, you take Texas and OU out of the picture. You don't have to worry about losing to those teams, even though I know we beat one of them this year. But, like, there is no way that you can sit here and look at this team that's coming back and say that somebody is far better suited to win the conference next year. Yeah. And I'm also – I'm sick of the Utah thing, too, where people just think Utah <laughs> is going to roll in and dominate. Well, here's the fucking thing about Utah and teams changing conferences – that almost never works. Teams always start to fall back, fall down. Look at Nebraska. Nebraska was an unbelievable team in the 90s. Braden's dying over here. I love it. But Nebraska hasn't been shit since they moved conference. Mizzou ha- – I mean, Mizzou's good this year, but they've also they've had some serious down years in between when they first joined and had a loaded roster from their Big 12 days to now when they're back in the top 10 in the Cotton Bowl. So I'm not just going to sit here and say Utah, this team that's pretty much brand new to Power 5 football in the last decade, is going to come in and walk all over this conference. Like, I, I think that's disrespectful to KU. I think that's disrespectful to K-State. I think it's disrespectful to Iowa State. I think that's disrespectful to Mike Gundy. I think that's disrespectful to Mike Boynton. Rest in peace in about two months. I just, it's insane to me. Like, I just, I, I truly don't understand it. Mike Boynton. Is, um, so fired. I don't know, no, is, know. is Cam Rising bad. coming back for Utah? Yes, he is. He'll be pretty he has played football be, in like I mean, 24 you talk, months, so yeah, you, you want to talk, talk about injury concerns? I was gonna say, yeah, coming to the Big 12 with all these high-powered offenses will be tough, but the Pac-12 was pretty damn loaded with those two. I mean, Oregon, Washington, USC, and they did pretty well every year. Whittingham's a good coach, but yeah, I, I don't see you can't just sit there and easily say that there's any better team than KU in the Big 12. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm just we've said this all year, like. Once I feel like once the season got started and we got off to another good start, we were finally just like, all right, we're done. We're done holding takes back. Like, mm-hmm. but even last night, I'm sitting there tweeting about Big 12 title game next year, and I'm like hesitant to fire it off because you know the rival fan bases are going to come at you. But why not? Take, Do it. You can go after them if you're right. The only, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the only team that blew us out was Texas, which I said was a close game, tight, tight late in the third them and OU are leaving. Like, why can't KU be one of the premier football programs in the Big 12? I know AB just mentioned Gundy, Oklahoma State. His track record speaks for itself. Kleiman's a good coach. Um, Utah will be good. I'm interested to see the new teams that come into the league. Like, Arizona just had a really good year. Um, We have to play at Arizona State. They were kind of stinky. But I don't know who's going to be good. Obviously, it's freaking December. It doesn't start till September. But – um, I, mean, I I think I just looking at it, and we've said this for like a year since the schedules came out. It really feels like we have a favorable schedule next year. Yep. That's the thing. Like, you can't you look at Utah. I know Utah was dealing with the rising injury, but like they went five and four in the Pac-12, eight and five on the season. Like, you can't just convince me that cam rising is going to come in if you're not convinced jalen daniels is going to come in and take a team that just went nine and nine and four and immediately enhance us with all the people coming back then you can't tell me that utah is automatically going to just be better because of their quarterback coming back like we are returning so so much with a coach that has just proven it year after year after year after year and 
I truly just think people are, I think certain fan bases are in, I don't know what the word is. Say their name. But it's even like Iowa State fans too are like not accepting how how impressive this Kansas team was this season. And obviously K-State fans too. Um, but like take away the last 10 years before Lance Leipold. Just pretend you're looking at a a three to four season group here. And there's no doubt this KU team should be a top preseason, top 15 to top 10 team starting next year. I'm, I don't think that's crazy to say. I'm not a big college football rankings guy like I am basketball, but like, is that that crazy? I don't know, but I like this rapid turnaround in your uh, range of emotions and willingness to pick KU as a top 15 team preseason. Like, I don't disagree whatsoever, but it's refreshing to see after what happened at the beginning of this year. And I'm glad to have you on board as all in on this gravy train of KU football being awesome. The worst part about the AB clip going viral last (laughs) night was I look like an asshat. I know. I don't know if we can win nine games and people now are like, wow, Ryan. So I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I feel- watched 10 years of Kansas football. It was hard for me to fathom that. I should have bleeped out any part that you were speaking no, in that it, video. I just, it, I did feel bad. I didn't want to dunk on you. I wasn't trying to no, dunk yeah. on you. I was trying to dunk on everyone else in the Twitter comments. And it made your prediction better because it showed even me as big of a homer as there is. It was that hard for me to, even imagine KU finding a way to win nine games and then his B turn and you laid out like we did it without being healthy. You said if we are healthy, which you were kind of saying that in a way of like, like there was no world where we were ever going to be healthy all year. So like no. it's yeah. we did were we semi lucky with injuries this year though? Obviously the Jalen stuff's gonna overshadow everything, but everything else kind of yeah unless I'm forgetting someone, but it like all the happened. other main name like big name dudes were playing most of the year, if not all of the year. It's the most important position, I guess. I yeah, know. but outside of that, like, you can't, yeah. can't really point anyone JD else. Too. But, yeah, the fact that JD got hurt, but not only him, but Bean. Like, Bean mm-hmm. pretty much missed two games. I mean, it's easy to say they would have won, but there's no doubt in my mind they would have won that Texas Tech game. I mean, they gave up 13 points. Like I'm Bean more confident left- that we would have yeah. beat K-State than I am Texas Tech because our first half offense against Texas Tech wasn't good when even when Bean was playing. Yeah. And but yes, he, I agree we would have won. But he but, left with – I was looking last night. He left with 14.30 left in the second quarter. So he yeah. pretty much played the first quarter, and when he left, we were inside the 20 – or 25. We It was like fourth and one, um, and we went for it. We ran him, which he had just got hurt. Um, but – yeah, we were. I mean, we were driving, but our defense giving up 13 to a decently high-powered offense in Texas Tech. Like, there's no no doubt in my mind they would have at least scored 20 points in a full game with Bean. So yeah, it's like Ryan said, the fan bases won't admit that we were good. Like, and a prime example is them saying you finished eighth in the Big 12. Like, we went five and four. It's like, dude, like, do you not pay attention to the stuff that happened? Like, they right. competed with every team. The two games they lost at the end of the year, they were playing with a former preferred walk-on quarterback. The Stillwater game, like that game was a coin flip, really. We had the, we were up two inside the 30 late, got the personal foul call. Like this team, this team was better than five and four in the Big 12. I'll tell you that. Yeah. I, I want to say something about Cole Ballard really quick. There's gonna be there's gonna be a time next year, maybe further down the future, but I can literally visualize it next year where we're going to be happy that he came in this year and took some lumps and yeah, we lost those games, 
but I promise you next year there will be a game where he needs to come in and play well and win, and it's going to be for higher stakes than finishing fifth in the Big 12. It's going to be for having a chance to go to the conference championship. Like I, I We love JD. He's going to be awesome, and I hope he plays 15 games next year. It'd be awesome. But Cole Ballard needed some experience if he's going to be the backup next year because I think that it's just – it's probably just going to happen that he's going to play a little bit. I just thought about KUK State Big 12 title game next year with AB in the crowd. Just go. Nope, that's where he lost me. It's I, I yeah, will AB not go. You AB said that you go to games. No, well, that's a first of all. at home more, but I'm. You said last night that we need to get tickets to the game in Manhattan next year. Nothing sounds worse. Honestly, <laughs> Why? Because it. If you win, it's awesome. But is it a gamble worth taking? Because I don't yes. know, I, dude. If we lose that game, there is not. I we've lost it the last fifteen <laughs> years. What's one more loss? Because we have expectations now. We had lost it the last fourteen years going into this year and still lost. We weren't all fucking rainbows and sunshine over here. We were devastated. It's, if we as, you devastated, as a gambling man, as a gambling man, for you to say that you're not willing to risk a little bit of heartache as you walk out of that stadium, it's not a little bit, dude. We know what that <laughs> game does to us. It's not like going to a game in Ames or something. I've done that. It sucks, but it is what it is. That is a little bit different. It is. It just, it just is. It's <laughs> worth it. It's worth. I mean, imagine the tears. I just can't imagine that it. Look, this is going to come off as me not believing they can win. I have, I will stand firm in this. I'm not picking KU to win that game until I see it. They still haven't done it for me. So, no, I'm not going to drop $300 get-in price to that game when there's a decent chance after everything we've watched over the last entire lifetime we've been alive that they could be down 21-3 to three at the end of the first quarter and we're just going to be devastated and I've got two hours to drive home. That just sounds awful to me. And now we're talking about in the Big 12 championship, that's even fucking worse because if I, imagine – uh, just imagine driving home from Arlington the next day, knowing that just happened. And you guys are used to it. You've been to Final Four losses. You've been. That's why you go, yeah, brother. I drove home the morning. That's after why we KU go to sporting events. Because you don't know what's going to happen. I love that AB makes his decisions based on what could be the drive home. Twenty, like, yeah, dude. <laughs> like twenty eighteen, like there's Ryan said, oh Final Four. But what if- I I can just see it right now. We're, we're we lose a heartbreaker in Manhattan, and we're all going back to load up the car. And James is way too hammered, pissing us off. And we're just we want to kill each other, and then we have to sit in the car together on the ride home. I just want to go to bed after that kind of thing. That's what happened after this year. I'm sitting in my living room just watching the game, and then things happen. They unfold, and I just look over. I was like, I need a minute to myself. I went into the bedroom. I laid on my stomach with my phone, turned off all the lights, and just scrolled. And I. I that's not going to happen for me in the car. It just, you are the little, this is the if we last half-empty BS I've ever heard. I'm not, describe to me the opposite, where if we win the football game, Correct. and then we load the car, and then yeah. we get to drive home. And right, and that would, be, that would be unbelievable. That would be like a top-tier night. But the, I, like, I just will stand by this. The K-State won. I'm not going to go in thinking they're going to win that game until I see it. So I'm going to go in being negative, thinking they're going to lose, thinking it's going to be miserable. Yeah, the payoff would be awesome. But it's just, to me, not worth the risk of three hours of wishing I was six feet under the ground if we lose that game. That's just all there is to it. There. Yeah. I mean, 
What if Who would have thought that we'd be the, the KU football season wrap-up episode? We'd be arguing about if we want to go to the K-State road game next year. Well, I just love that what you if, factored in a two-hour drive home, and it's two hours of your entire life. Right, two right. hours. I could be sulking in my own thoughts. Cannot and swing it. I'll miss two say. hours in my living room, which is what you're going to do the rest <laughs> of that weekend anyways. Like, sure, <laughs> probably, yeah. No, you're not wrong. But the game, like, the, it's just different, man. I don't know. I don't know. You just yeah. – you, and you made a good point yesterday in the group text talking about how it could be K-State, KU, and Arrowhead this year if it was a home game for KU. If we do play in Arrowhead, I don't know what's going on. But I think in Jerry World, it would get pretty nasty for a Big 12 title. Like if KU, K-State played in a Big 12 title game, winner goes to the college football playoff. <laughs> it would get disgusting in there. So many fights, so many cuss words. I would literally pay for AB's trip. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to sound stupid, but can, is that possible with the new setup? Like, for them to play in a Big Twelve title game? Yeah, they're okay. not doing divisions, are they? Is there, I didn't yeah, know I was gonna say. Was, no, I, I'm an idiot when it comes to all. I, I was thinking, not. I was thinking you were saying like we play each other, so one of the no, teams just, is gonna have I a loss. Remember if they were having to do divisions or whatever it was gonna be, because I, I just don't follow any of that. Conference realignments. I mean, though. also, it's like, to follow. there's going to be there's going to be power fives that get multiple teams in every year. So That's what I was going to say earlier. Like when we were talking about the college football playoff being 12 teams, the Big 12 winner is obviously a lock. But couldn't two Big 12 teams make it? Guys, guys, we know what's going to happen with this. Is that the nine and three Tennessee Volunteers that had an awesome performance at Oklahoma, only losing by three points. And Oklahoma, who also has three losses, is still in the top ten because they're Oklahoma, and it's going to make that loss look better. So that's what's going to happen, and Tennessee is going to get in over the 11-2 and two team that just lost the Big 12 championship to another playoff team. But since one's in the SEC making more money than the Big 12 team, the Tennessee one's going to go in their bigger brand and make more money, and that's what's going to happen. We're going to end up in the fucking Pop-Tart Bowl. So, no, we got to win the conference. I, I'd love to think differently, but it's a, we see this. You're going to favor the SEC and Big Ten teams with those at-large spots like nothing else. So, like, it's just unless, gonna, unless we go, we would have to do what TCU did last year, run the table in the regular season, lose yeah. a close one in the conference championship. Then I yeah. think you probably have a spot. But it's going to get fucking nasty with all the TV money. The argument's going to be exactly where it is now, deciding the fourth. It'll just shift to – who the 12th team is Correct. and which yep. conference they're coming from. No, yeah. but a thought I had earlier, and it's just a scenario is like, say, say we go into, we go into Manhattan next year. We beat them. We're undefeated. K-State has one loss. Go to the big 12 title. Like say, a say someone's undefeated in the big 12 title game. And then the one loss team beats the undefeated team. Do both of those teams get in? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they should. I would think. Like if if someone was if say K State was undefeated, we had one loss. We beat them in the Big Twelve title game. Do both teams get in going eleven and one? 12 if that's and one? the case, they would have to because both of their losses would be against each other. So like, yeah. And also, I I can't imagine there's going to be any like now we say it, and I guess it's not really true anymore because Florida State just got left out, but. If you go undefeated in a power five, you're you should get in the four team playoff. I think if you go one loss in a power five going forward, you're probably pretty safe to get in. Because there there's never a power five one loss team that's outside the top ten at the end of the year. I mean, there, there there's gonna be years where the SEC gets like how many teams? Four. 
Because now you have Georgia, Bama, Seven. OU, Texas. It's just going to be an SEC tournament. M-I-Z. <laughs> Missouri. Who else does that? Who else am I forgetting in the SEC? I mean, like Tennessee's gonna. I mean, if they have a year like they had last year, Ole Miss was good. They probably would have made it this year. LSU. I don't know if you said them. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, and then the Big Ten too, because it's Oregon, Washington, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. Like, there's. I would bet there's seven to eight, and I don't know then how the numbers are going to work out, but probably (laughs) six to eight, maybe. Big Ten and SEC teams in the playoff most years. And that would leave – so if there were six, that would leave six other spots. So the four other – or three other conferences, the mid-major, whatever they call that, group of five, and then two random yeah. other teams. Someone just yeah. brought up the selection committee from uh, last year's tournament. Making Chris us... Reynolds. What a dork. There's no one – Absolute dork. We could do an hour episode on that. We, we chose Houston because their losses were <laughs> just a little less bad from a point differential than can- like Quad they picked Houston because their losses were by less points against. We were Worst losing to better teams. Oh my god! I, I wish that we <laughs> were live for that collection show. Our episode on Chris Reynolds. I, like, on. what was your guys' facial reaction oh when God. it popped up as Houston? Because I honestly it popped up, face. and I saw, and from the Midwest region, I stood up from my chair, and I started clapping. I saw the red. I was like, oh, CBS went with the red background for KU today. I do that every once in a while. No. No, no, no. Houston popped up. Oh, my God. Dude. And they you lost. What I did? They lost I was, the American title game. I was, I was streaming, so I was behind. And I just, like, I was off my phone, and I just hear my phone on the table going, and I just look at Hannah and I go, oh, no. Because, like, you guys aren't going to fire. I'm not going to get 12 texts because we got the Midwest. Like, we felt we were getting the Midwest. So when I heard, I was like, oh, no. And then, bam, Houston pops up. And I was like, the feeling – it was like truly, this is so dramatic, but it was like the feeling of losing an NCAA tournament game. Like you just no, felt the, like our the tournament was over, was gone. Yeah, there gone. is no better advantage via the crowd. Gone. There was no better episode than well, it was depressing. But right after the selection show, we literally talked about what, t- or before the selection show, like what team <laughs> do we want to avoid? Arkansas. Oh. UConn, yes, Gonzaga, UCLA, UCLA. <laughs> oh, it just kept popping oh. up. It kept getting worse. What eight nines do you want to avoid? Oh, we really want to avoid Arkansas. They got two lottery picks. They're gonna have a couple it's a bad matchups. UConn, I think they could win it all. We do not want them as our four seed. We were the smartest people in the world. Oh, by far, we should have done the bracket and filled it out just with our brains. Oh, that was Man. awful. That was like punishment from the NCAA. I swear to you, it could have been. You Best know, they had to feel, ever. They it was had funny to feel because so the year off. before, yeah, right. The year That's before, the we're sitting at the bar like, "Give us Auburn, <laughs> give us." Uh, I don't even remember who we wanted, and we got them all. We were like, "Yes, yes," and it was the exact same difference. Where are, all of a sudden, we're high five and like, "We can win the Natty, we can win the Natty." So, AB wanted Iowa. I'm telling you, they don't make it out of the first weekend. <laughs> they lost the first game at the tournament. Uh, All the I think honestly, maybe even the entire tournament. It might have been the first game on that Thursday. That was amazing. I just I remember all the eight nines we talked about not wanting. We didn't get like we didn't want UNC, which they ended up making the fucking title game. So well, yeah, smart. 
But to be fair, we thought about that with our eight nine the year we won it. People were scared of Creighton, uh, who did Creighton beat San Diego, San Diego State. We San were Diego scared about San Diego State. Creighton had like six players in that game, and we almost lost. think about San Diego State that year compared to freaking Arkansas. Like Arkansas had lottery picks. It's just stupid. Creighton, I mean. <laughs> What a disaster the final two weeks of college basketball season were. Have you guys looked at any bracketology yet this year? I don't know if we want to get into that in December, but. What's Ken Palm got us as a nine seed? Ken Palm, yeah, he might as well. We're 16th <laughs> over at the old boy Ken Palms. Uh, I love that I say that like 36? Ken Palms, like hand picking these rankings. 36th. Yeah. And they're still 318th in the country in three pointers attempted. But what's your defense stat every uh, year? What about top it? top twenty top, top 20, twenty in both? Oh, or sixth in defense. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyways, bracketology has us as the one seed, but you guys are going to be pissed because we're the number three overall seed, and instead of playing in Dallas, we'll be going to Boston, Massachusetts. Who were the two ahead of us? Purdue and Purdue and uh, shit. Because our resume lost it. Houston, the the great resume of the Kelvin Sampson led Houston basketball Cougars. Um, they beat you know Florida A and M the other night by twenty seven. So better move them. Up. I I can't do another selection Sunday where we battle out Houston for well, location. And the good we'll, news is we'll it'll be settled out. on the court, hopefully. Yeah. But twice in like the last like we three weeks, pretty much settled it on the court last year by playing like winning. How many more quad one win? I can't believe we're doing. We it. have the best resume ever, yeah. <laughs> ever. Most quad one wins ever. Like, there, I still can't get over this. And it's the last time thing I'll say on this. <laughs> the best reasoning he had for Houston over Kansas was that their losses were by less points than our losses. In the that American. That's the, the American. worst argument I've ever heard in my life. Oh. Last right. thing I'll say is we literally went into that day thinking we'd get the Midwest no matter what. But if Houston loses, oh, man. No question. God, they lost that day. They lost to Memphis, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got to take games off of that Sunday, though, because they clearly just don't mean shit. That bracket was set Saturday night before they put on Sunday. I can't believe we're going this in-depth on it. We're nine months removed. From <laughs> Jose. Yeah, in that segment, that was talking Chris Reynolds and the selection committee. We'll be back next week for that segment again. Is he in charge of this year, or do they switch it up every year? Is it like term limit kind of thing? I don't know. What would the over under be for KU Houston game if they played today? 71 and a half. <laughs> I mean, that's what's scary is all the shit we give Houston, but like 39, 32. Us Kansas. major problems. We have some problems. We don't have to get into those. But we can talk about right, the well, rivalry against uh, Wichita State. What do you guys think Frank Camp's rooting for? It's another thing the committee did. Put them right God next to bless us. a dick, man. <laughs> That was rough. What was that? We knew we were losing that game. 20, what was that? 15, Ubre's team. That team wasn't very good. Next year. (laughs) That might have been the worst team we've had in 15 years. Was that team worse than the 2021 team? I don't know. 2021's hard because no crowd effect, but. That year stunk. That year was terrible. My gosh. Um, Mobley Brothers. My <laughs> boy, do I, <laughs> brother, do I have news for you? Um, I was gonna say one more thing on basketball. 
You think it's crazy that Hunter Dickinson's three to one to win Naismith's Player of the Year, but Kev is forty-five to one. Does yeah. that have to do with what they? Do? I feel like that has to do with them thinking McCuller can't sustain this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And he didn't have a big name. Dickinson's at this point, I think his numbers are either going to stay where they're at or they could even get better as our offense starts to like get a little more comfortable. But so I think that's probably why it is. But I mean, McCuller is it's crazy because he's averaging 20 a night. Like he's I think he's averaging more points per game than Hunter. I know Hunter. He, uh, he is up I, on the glass, but Kev's I've like seven or eight a game. Go ahead. Yeah. I did the numbers the other day. He would be averaging the second most points of any player in the Bill Self era if the season ended today. And obviously it doesn't. There's still a, con- a full conference slate ahead. There's a lot of tough games. Like probably not going to average 20 and a half points a game or whatever he's at. But the only player in the Bill Self, Bill Self era at KU that scored more points per game is uh, Frank Mason when he won National Player of the Year. So It's crazy. And, I mean, you look at his stats and you just compare him to a guy like Jalen last year who – at this point in the year, we were all – I mean, we were probably saying he was a national player of the year. I mean, he was first-team All-American. He was 100% a candidate to win national player of the year. McCuller's averaging 20, 20 points, 6.9, so seven rebounds, 4.8 assists, basically averaging 27 and 5. Mm-hmm. And Jalen last year went – averaged 20 – he averaged eight rebounds, but his assists were only at two. So, like – McCuller is the higher PRA, baby. Literally having a slightly better season than Jalen Wilson was having at last year. So, and not like we're playing. I mean, yeah, we've played some awful. That's going to be every every team's non-con, but we have played a crazy schedule. We obviously played in the craziest Maui field we've ever seen. We played Kentucky, where he had a triple double. Who else am I forgetting here? UConn, where he pretty much won us that game down the stretch. Like we have played the craziest schedule. Yeah, and he's had two triple doubles. Like, and I know one of them, Shamanad, but still, the guy's averaging good. seven, yeah. and five, and he has two triple doubles on the season. Like, if you just laid that out, didn't say who it was, and just said, "Here's his, here's his resume so far this year," you'd 100 percent think well, he's. And there's the other thing too is everyone always says this in the NBA when they're looking at guys that can score and shoot the ball, they want them 50, 40, 90 field goal, three point free throw. He's, I mean, he's 83% for free throws, but he's right at 50 and 40 for field goal and three-point percentage. Like he's <laughs> truly been, like, insane. It's not like he's going – now he's had some games where he's – you know, the Indiana game when he was, what, like three of 13 or whatever from the floor, but he got to the line. He made 12 free throws or whatever it was. So, yeah. like, it's it's kind of strange because I don't think anyone expected this from Kevin McCuller coming into the year. And even last year when we got him, I don't know how excited any of us were or, like, when the transfer options were laid out, I think he was a pretty decent third on the list that we wanted when it was who's the dude that went Whoa. to Texas from Iowa State and Marcus yeah. Carr. Tyrese. Like, we wanted yeah. him, but we never thought he would play this type of role for us. Like, right. it was like he's such a perfect third option for a Bill Self team. He's going to guard, but like now he's like a star and plays incredible defense. God, That's now three years in a row and four four out of five and probably goes back further than I want to go back right now. But guys that you don't really expect to be superstars at KU and have like historic seasons decide Mm -hmm. to come back after testing the waters and come back and have like a true first team, all American season. Like I mean, Jalen last year, you saw with Ochai, 
You could argue with Devon and Udoka in 2020, uh, 2018 Devontae, but like some of those guys, we knew Devontae was a fucking superstar. Yeah, I got a cat. Puss on the screen. Got a puss on the screen. Um, um, I, I got lost. She just ruined oh. it for me. But. Um, I want to say dude, this real quick. Or go ahead, B turn. I was just 2017. Frank is incredible to me. Mm-hmm. Like 2016, the Nova year. It's not like Frank was like separating himself. He was what third or fourth best scorer on that team. You obviously had Perry and Wayne, and then him and Devonte, and then Frank just comes out senior year and is has maybe the best year, at least under Bill. But he he was close to fifty percent from three, like. It's when it's your turn to be the guy, and that like that was Frank's year. And I feel like that was a lot of credit to DT's. He kind of took a little minor back seat, and then it was DT's year in 2018. Like when it's your turn to be the guy, it happens every single year. And I definitely had doubts about Kev, and I know there's a lot of season um, left, but dude, he's so this is way probably premature to talk about this, but like who's the best candidate for this team? to be that guy next year, like who's going to have a big decision to make that if they come back, they could put themselves in the position to be a lottery pick. If they leave, yeah, they may go second round. Like, is it, I think one could be El Marco. Obviously at this point, it seems like he's a no brainer to be back, but he's also still kind of young for that role. But the other one may be Hunter Dickinson. Like, and I know he's already averaging all American type numbers. So his ceiling can't go up much more. But, like, what if Hunter Dickinson has the choice next year to – or at the end of this year to either go pro and be a second-round pick, or I don't even know if he would be, or come back to Kansas? Like, is there a scenario where Dickinson could come back and average, like, 25 and 13 and some – I don't know how he could improve his draft stock. He probably has to get way better defensively at shot blocking. But, like, I don't know who that would be for next year. It's kind of sad. the answer. He might be too young as well, Johnny Feffy. I yeah, I know. I thought of him too. I just don't think he'll consider leaving at all. I don't either. But just like all the hype around him coming in, uh, made me think he wasn't going to be a four-year guy. But I could be very wrong on that. Um, I don't know how he can, unless it's straight off of tools, which is definitely a thing with the NBA drafts at times. If he went and people are like, dude, this guy's shot's unbelievable. He's big. He's long. He's athletic. Fuck it. Let's take a chance now when we can get him at pick forty instead of pick fourteen. Um, but I don't know. Again, that doesn't really fit the description because that would be a see ya. That would be a uh, a sophomore, a true sophomore that's barely 19 years old, 20 years old. Yeah, I mean, he probably, I bet he fits the candidate way more for after his sophomore year, he'll have a decision. Yep. And then that's (laughs) the one where, like, if Johnny Furphy makes it to a junior year here at Kansas, it's like one of those situations, like we're seeing with Jalen, Ochai everyone that's done it he's going to be an all-american he's going to be an all big 12 player if johnny furphy plays mm-hmm. three seasons at kansas so we've had a significant uptick in guys that are going to get their jerseys retired right like i feel I, like we are kind of in a stretch right now where it's been obviously guys go up but i feel like it's an every other year kind of thing but it didn't feel like we had a stretch where there were every year every single team there's a guy but we've pretty much had one for at least the last three years, I assume. Bill's just literally developing an All-American every single season. Yeah. And, yeah, that just wasn't the case. Even, like, those teams 
the 08 teams, the 07 teams didn't have first team All Americans. Um, yeah. So the 14, 15, 16, those teams really didn't have any All Americans. So yeah, this these last with Frank, Devontae, uh, Jalen, Ochai. Yeah, it really has just been. And now you're going to add McCuller and Dickinson. So that's a funny thing to think about. If Hunter Dickinson is an All-American this year, <laughs> he's going to get his jersey retired. That's what's going to be weird about the transfer yeah, portal era. I had that same thought, too. Because even McCuller, it'd be two years. Like, I mean. Which I think I Kevin McCuller is now, if he were to like lead us to a Final Four this year, I think he had, will have 100% played here long enough, played in enough big games to earn that right. Because that's kind of like a guy coming after a Juco two years, and I don't know if anyone's ever done that, but, like, you play mm -hmm. two really good seasons at Kansas and win two Big 12 titles and play in the Final Four, I think you've done enough to be that. Now, Hunter Dickinson, the interesting thing would be, like, if he's a first-team All-American and we lose in the second round. Right. That's what I was going to say, because if he wins – if if they go to a yeah. final four, win a championship, then it's a no doubter. Like we want David mm -hmm. McCormick's number in the Raptors right now. And he was here for four years, but a lot of people weren't thrilled with him a lot of the time. And now yeah. he's a legend forever. Um, that's kind of why I wish, and I don't really know how they would do it because it's been this way for so long. Don't make it an auto you're up there, especially with the new college basketball, like how everything is with the transfers and with guys leaving early after one year. I feel like there needs to be some like, decision process that's more than just if they accomplish any of these things yeah that, that made sense back when guys were consistently staying three or four years and you didn't run into this problem literally ever but mm -hmm. now it's like you're gonna run into this hunter dickinson thing again i i'm sure of it like yeah if you if we think bill's not going to get another elite transfer to come in and dominate when he has holes in the roster we're crazy so it but it i don't know it depends on yeah. how serious they take it i guess but at the end of the day, it's an All-American season or a Player of the Year season in a Kansas jersey. People are going to remember that. Yeah, I do think, yeah, there has to be something done to it because, yeah, exactly what you said. You're going to be in the spot where a bunch of these guys come in and are borderline All-Americans already. And so they're going to just continue to play at that level. So I don't know. Are you on the side of, like, make it way more strict, make it way harder? No, I don't even think that. Like – I just think it should just be – I don't know how they would do it again. Maybe it's literally just Bill, but I don't know. Like, let's just hypothetically, when we're talking about him now, if Hunter Dickinson is a first-team All-American, runner-up for National Player of the Year, KU wins the Big 12, they go 28-4, and 29-5, and five, whatever the numbers end up being, and they lose in the Sweet 16, he's going to be up there, but a guy like David McCormick, who – was on the national championship team and was a like literally hit the four points at the end of the game to put us in the lead and win that game and dominated that whole tournament. It's going to be weird for me to look up there and see a guy that was here for six months when there's not a guy up there that won a national championship. And yeah, he may not technically have the hardware, but he, I'm going to have way more memories of David McCormick than I am a Hunter Dickinson. See, I think where I would say, where I fall on that one is that I would probably say neither of them should be in the rafters. Probably, yeah. The McCormick one is so tough because the national title just trumps everything. And like mm -hmm. you said, he was the one that did it like late and he was great in Villanova, should have won MOP. Um, but since he didn't win MOP, 
I can probably live with David McCormick not being in the Raptors, and we just continue to talk about how cool it would have been and how he should be. Mm-hmm. Like, that's enough for David McCormick's legacy for me to be like, yeah, he he redeemed himself so much in March that he should have been in the Raptors. Like, that's good. En- that's enough for me to remember McCormick with. I don't think Dickinson, unless he somehow is a first-team All-American that leads us to a national title where he puts just the team on his back. I don't think he should be up there. So, I don't know. I, I do think something has to change. It'll be weird to see how these next, like, 10 years go. How many guys? So, how many, how many like, accolades are there on the list to get up there? It's first-team All-American. It's Player of the Year. It's Final, Final Four, Four MOP. It's and conference player of the year. I think conference, I think that's what got Marcus Morris up there. And then like Cole Aldridge got up there for academic, academic. player of the year or something, didn't yeah. he? So like what I would which, say which, then, which hand up, be up I, there. I don't like that one, but Cole Aldridge <laughs> fits because he won he a championship was, too. He statistically or like, what's the, st- what's the thing on him? Like if you look back at his 2009 season, <laughs> From like an efficiency standpoint, it was the best season ever by a Kansas player. I don't know. That, that's an old stat, but I remember reading that back in the day. But like, so hear me out on this. There's a list of five or six things. And if you get any one of them, you have the right to be up in the rafters. What if they made it? If you were here for three years, you only need to get one of them. Three or more years. You only need to get one. But if you're coming in for one year or two years, do you need to get two? Or even if it's just a one-year guy, do you need to get two of them? Do you have to do more than just win conference player of the year and what could be a down conference? Do you have to win more than – I mean, it's never a down conference, but you get what I mean. Like, Yeah, I agree. Just make it so, like, you have to win – you have to win conference player of the year. And, well, I don't know. Final Four MLP, it's tough. I can live with that one just being you need one of those. Like – Sure. You win a yeah. natty, I'm fine with you being, I guess. I don't know. So the McCormick. Oh, I would be. If Dickinson wins a natty, I want him up there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would say if you're only a first team All American, you've only played there one year, you've got to also maybe, um, God, but if you're a first team All American, you're also going to win conference player of the year. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get two. I don't know. It's tough. It's almost like you need like a, a board, I don't know. Yeah, a little committee. Yeah. Uh, the, I, I just I invited a guest to join us live right now, and he has come yeah. through to join. Would you like wow. me to add him to the stream? Who is it? Get his opinions on it. I want to surprise you. You'll never guess. <laughs> this could be anyone. Braden Turner. He's back. <laughs> wow. Braden Turner from Ain't No Seats Podcast. Welcome. Do you have any thoughts on the, uh, the requirement no, to get up into the rap? still be talking about. Uh, what do you think should be the qualifications to have your jersey retired in Allen Fieldhouse? If you're a one-year player, Hunter Dickinson. First-team All-American? Yeah, but so, like, if Hunter Dickinson's a first-team All-American this year and we lose in the second round, should he get his jersey retired? (laughs) That's why we're still talking, because it's tough. (laughs) It's tough. It's tough, though, because the tournament's so hard to win. Like, I don't think a player should be judged off of how far they go in the tournament or not. Yeah, but that I would agree. He played three, what, four what months. What does it do if Kansas? he goes to the Elite Eight? Like, if he loses I still the say Elite no. Eight. I, I just don't so think he he'd have enough, like, 
it's strictly because of the timing and that he was only here for six months or however long because no one's really going to have it. If we, if we look back in 10 years and say this KU team, Dickinson yeah. is first team All-American, they lose in the Sweet 16, we're going to look back at this team and be like, well, they won a lot of games, but like I don't really remember anything special about this team. Like they didn't go on an awesome run. It was a disappointing ending. It's gonna be like we thought last year. Last year's team was awesome. They won a lot of games. They were a one seed. They had an all American. But this year it's with a one year player that was at another school for three years prior. And it just feels a little weird, I think. And I don't think you can have Dickinson up there without McCormick. And I agree with Ryan yeah. said where he said that probably if that's the case, you can't really put either of them up there i mean i could can, live and they probably McCormick will and dickinson being up there. yeah but that like yeah. the whole conversation started around like should we change up what gets you up there i guess now that the transfer portal and everything is like changing the whole landscape of college basketball and do you have to do two of those things if you're a one-year guy a one and done or a transfer i don't know because honestly if hunter made the final four even like what does that do for our fans like does that get you over the hump to yeah. make it up in the rafters. I'd be okay with that, I think. So what if you what if our idea title? Yeah, I kind of feel like you if you're only here for four or five months, six months, you gotta win a national title to get up there in my mind. But well I mean Malik Newman's a fucking hero here. And he's not gonna get his name or number retired, so I guess that kind of ruins the whole point. We'd be saying he should. Right. So like Our opinions will change on that if they go in a long run because we're just going to be so like none of us would have ever wanted David McCormick in the Raptors in February of 2022. So what what if we said that uh, if you only play one year, it does go to like a board vote. So you take it out of the hands of a board unless it's one of these weird situations. Whereas like if a four year guy like David McCormick hits the criteria, he's in. But if Hunter Dickinson hits the same criteria, but he only played one year, well, now it's got to go to a board led by me, A, B, and B turn. And we uh, – People score it, baby. Yeah. <laughs> we we decide live on YouTube at 345 on a Wednesday. I like it. I don't know that Bill Self signs up for losing that control. And if Bill Self's the one making the decision and has the power to, I feel like he, he probably could. But I guess he hasn't with McCormick. So, I don't know. Is Wiggins? It's just a fascinating conversation. Wiggins? Wiggins an All American? Not a team. I don't. I think he was second team. He didn't win conference play, did he? Is that Marcus? Yeah. No, he didn't. Um, So Big Twelve Player of the Year is automatic, right? Yeah. So Kev's gonna end up maybe going up there. That's how we started talking about this. Is like Kevin and Hunter could both get their jerseys retired under the cert under the current because one of them will win big 12 player of the year and yep. one of them will probably be i mean two of them could be first team all-americans like that's just weird if you start seeing every year you're getting like one or two guys retired i don't know so then we asked like do you want it to be more strict yeah because then i said first team all-american if you're if you're winning big 12 player of the year you're probably going to be first or second team all-american so <laughs> yeah exactly I don't I mean Kev it's just tough with Hunter because obviously we love him but I think that would and I don't know how much it matters but it could rub some of the older players the wrong way like I know Kevin Pritchard has an argument to be up there I know Tyshawn Taylor wants to be up there um Keith like what yeah Keith I mean shit and that's know. the problem 
with the like going to a people's vote a board as it is because it's going to come down to who was like lovable like yeah. Keith Langford is so lovable he didn't meet the criteria but everyone wants him up there he would probably win if it went to a vote and so like and even he said this on our pod with him is like he he's good with not being up there he feels like it's fair and i Wait. like that Who's going to go up next for us? What's the order? Is it Frank Dite? Is it Perry? Perry? Yeah. Was Perry, Perry did he do it? American? I think he was. He'd be next oh, in the order. Wait, did me? he win Big 12 Player of the Year? I got to look this up. We win yeah. Big 12. That's the other thing. We win Big 12 Player of the Year so often. Who won at Wiggins' year? DeAndre Mark, Kane? Marcus Smart or Kane, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Piece of crap. Uh, Remember Mark and Smart called the fan a piece of crap? (laughs) And shoved him? I called him a piece of crap. (laughs) Fair. God, he was so hated. Yeah, what was Perry? Yeah, you're going to have to look up Perry's accomplishments. I mean, he was freaking awesome his whole career. Wayne was pretty Mm -hmm. good, but it was obviously just kind of that one year. I don't know if Perry um, won Big 12 Player of the Year. It might have been like Niang. George yeah, is- I don't, I don't no. think that he did. He won the Scholar Athlete of the yeah, Year. Yeah, he was first team all Big 12 his junior year, and then his senior year he was uh, second team All-American consensus. Mm. So maybe so not. I don't it think, might, I don't think it might be, be Frank then, huh? So it'll be Frank. But here's where it gets crazy. This is what me and B-Term were ta- or AB were just talking about. It's going to go Frank, Devontae, Ochai, Jalen, McCuller, and potentially Dickinson. That's six guys in a span of six years. And is it, that even – what about Doak and Dotson? Weren't they both oh, first-team yeah. All-Americans? Yeah, oh Doak God. for sure. He won Big 12 Player of the Year. And was Dotson a first team or is he second team? I think he was second. Was he? Okay. But still, Doak will be up there. Yes. Yeah, so seven. I think it was like Marcus Howard that year for Marquette. He was averaging like 46 a game. Oh, God. He was a freak. Um, It's pretty, it's kind of sad that CB won't be up there. If he had a senior year, he would have been yeah. the guy. And yeah. he won a national title and he was top 20 pick. Yeah. All right. Well, this was fun. A good little uh, – I wish I didn't have to work all Wednesdays, you know. Yeah. <laughs> we could um, confirmed it was not Perry Ellis. Sorry to cut you off. Marcus Martin, 2012-2013. I guess that's before him. Buddy Heald won it back-to-back. Duh. Yeah, pretty good. That guy's good. All right. Well, I don't know if anyone's still even viewing this. We probably need to sleep. But uh, – that was fun. I enjoyed it, boys. Good. So, uh, good. Good. To wrap this up, the Kansas football Jayhawks just won nine games and are going to make the college football playoff. That's all for this week, folks. We'll subscribe. See you week. Subscribe, 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 subscribe. Subscribe, subscribe to the pod and the YouTube. Leave a review. Leave a thumbs up on the YouTube, too. Leave a comment. We appreciate it all. So, uh, yes, thank you for listening. We'll see you guys next week. And uh, rock chat.